Welcome to TSP, That Sports Podcast, Episode 3. They thought we couldn't get the three, and we did it. Guys, we did it. To quote Kevin Malone, Kevin Malone once said when he was describing his relationship with his longtime girlfriend, Stacy, he was sitting at the kitchen table eating his shreddies, and he looked up from his bowl of cereal and he said, oh my gosh, I think the Eagles might win the NFC East. I thought it'd be funnier when I said it, like I thought. Yeah. <laughs> the line no, you're going for it. Be going I, was, I, I really went for Delivery. it. Yeah. We can just cut that. Um, Kevin Malone, I got you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, okay, but I will talk about, okay, episode three, we had a few in the first two episodes, we certainly had some moments where we were inaccurate with information. So I'll speak for myself here. I was talking about Donta Hightower, and I was really just screwing up, just mangling the Patriots Super Bowls. So just so our viewers know, when he had the strip sack against Atlanta, that was Super Bowl LI-51. It wasn't Super Bowl XLIX. That was... 49 against the Seattle Seahawks, but he had a huge play in that game when Marshawn Lynch was going to run it in and Donta Hightower bench pressed a lineman off him and hit Marshawn Lynch and stopped him before scoring. And then they throw the next play and Malcolm Butler gets the game winning interception. Um, I remember that. That's, that's those great. were my, those are my errors. And I know we really care about um, accuracy. hearing the, the accuracy. That's right. So, uh, that's all I have for my fact checks. Um, I'll also just say this. We are TSP, a teaspoon of nonsense for your week. We're going to jump in with our cast of characters for episode three. We're going five wide. We're going to start with John. John, tell us something about yourself. I think one of the well-known facts about me, too, is uh, I did a stint in in high school working at McDonald's where I came up with the idea for coffee and a muffin for the elderly. And uh, I had to make a presentation and uh, yeah, that's how the coffee and the muffin started. Good for you, John. Let's go to Josh. Anything about you and how you love sports? Uh, big fan of sports. Uh, nothing better I like to do on a Sunday than head out to the backyard and smoke up some salmon and then head into the basement to jump on a trampoline uh, you got to be careful, though. I got to wear a helmet because sometimes my head hits the top of the ceiling. It's one of my favorite things to do while I watch the Miami Dolphins. And let's head over to Chris. Hey, Alex. It's uh, it's great to be here. Um, yeah, in, enjoying being a part of this uh, little teaspoon of weekly nonsense. One of the uh, one of the highlights of my week is being a part of this, actually. Uh, I'm a voracious reader, Alex, and um, you know I just uh, I've just been devouring a whole bunch of books on uh, the life and times of George Best. I've read two books on George Best in the last week. The gift that keeps on giving. Yeah, exactly. The uh, probably the uh, the greatest striker in Manchester United history. Jesse. Uh, my name is Jesse, and I love women's soccer. All right. Um, <laughs> I'm, 
my name my name is alex and um i once made my cousin so irate on the golf course that she threw her driver at me almost killed me but i got out of the way i deserved it to be fair i really was antagonizing for a good three holes leading up to it all right um first segment is we need Buffalo Bills fans on this, but anybody can jump in. Looks like the Bills, given that they defeated my Patriots on Sunday because Cam Newton decided he didn't want to hold on to the most precious thing on the field. Um, the Bills look to be in good position to win the division, which is just unfathomable to me. Can you just mention who's behind them? Yeah, the Miami Dolphins have a winning record. I should also say that this is Friday, November 6th, 9.33 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and the division lead is Buffalo, Miami, New England. Help me out. Jets. Other people that suck. Yeah, the Jets. The Jets aren't that bad, though, aren't they? Are they really? Oh, they haven't won a game. Oh, okay. Do we still believe in Sam Darnold? Yeah, I, I believe in Sam Darnold. And I, I believe because I, I think with football, but pretty much with most sports, but especially football, it's it's all about the scheme and if it fits, right? So I don't think Adam Gase has the right scheme or fit for Sam Darnold. I think if the Jets do let him go, and they should, if they can trade him in the offseason or whatnot, and he goes to another team, you will see you'll see him blow up even more. But yeah, absolutely. For me, it comes with the Jets. Absolutely, comes down with the court's coaching organization, because Case did the same thing to my Dolphins. You know, like you know, Tannehill. I had. I think Al, you and I have talked about this before. But Tannehill, I knew wasn't the savior when we when they drafted him. But I was I was off and on on the guy, right? But like at, by the end, I was like, yeah, this guy would would steady the ship. And we saw it. We see it in Tennessee, and Case. It's, so me, it's a coaching Sam Darnold. I believe in absolutely, but. Yeah, and and the Bills, you think uh, you think they're for real? They have a good defense. They have a good defense, and and um, what's his name, Josh Allen? He, he's for real, man. That kid's tough. He is tough. Kevin Singletary sucks, though. But they've got this new guy that seems to be good. This they've got a two-headed, two-pronged attack with the, at the running back position. Oh, it's the new guy. Who's the new guy? Like four-letter last name. I can't remember. All right, um, the Patriots. Any more thoughts on the sky falling? You know, people are really hard on Belichick, the GM, this week, is, and they've really scrutinized his drafting over the past six seasons. What do we think? Uh, I've just been talking to Craig, who's a huge uh, Buffalo Bills fan, and he, uh, he claims that uh, the, uh, the Patriots are still cheating. Getting lots of calls, favorable calls from the refs. Oh, 100%. Um, and still sort of up to their old tactics, despite Brady. Even though I think Brady was kind of definitely in on it. Like, he really did play up. Like, you could see the frustration mounting on him in Tampa Bay when he's not getting those calls. So. Josh, could you, could you, um, yeah, we what you're saying with any type of hard evidence? Well, I am just a proxy for Craig Bertram at the moment, but, um, that I'm, Tampa Bay call seemed like kind of bullshit. Like immediately, it's in Brady's favor. What the fuck is that about? Was Tom Brady ever suspended while he was in New England? 
Wasn't there something about that vindication, right? He was, and they and, they and, and what was he suspended for? They still went three and one, and they ended up winning the Super Bowl that season. No, I, I'm I'm just curious what he was suspended for. They thought that he um, <laughs> had a relationship with staffers who may have done his bidding. So you so, know, so, so you think on. he was a standoffish guy? So he didn't Sorry. he didn't really like to talk to the staffers. When you say they thought, you mean the NFL investigated and found that Tom Brady was cheating and using staffers to deflate footballs? Allegedly. Uh, allegedly. Proven by the NFL and the punishment laid well, on Tom Brady. That doesn't hold up in court. That's true. I should just bang a trash can and see what happens. But let's just uh, let's go back to the Patriots for a quick second. Sure. The, the the AFC East with the Buffalo Bills, Miami Dolphins, COVID has hit the New England Patriots hard, but it has not hit the Miami Dolphins and has not hit the Buffalo Bills, who have both of those teams have been held back by the powerhouse that was on the field from time to time coming out of New England. Which, Thank you, Chris. Which didn't allow for proper competition. If I'm the competition bureau, I'm going to say, like, fuck these guys. So, you know, it, it's opened up the field. And now we can see that, okay, yeah, Miami can play football. And the Bills are doing exactly what we thought the Bills could do for the last three seasons. So they're going to duke it out. The Bills are who we thought they were. <laughs> they're they're, they're going to duke it out. The Jets are the Jets. You know. It's been a long time since, uh, you know, Joe Namath was uh, at the helm of that team. Yeah. Rest in peace, Dennis Green. Thank you for that reference, John. But what, what, what's the point, though? Like the deflating balls. Everybody was using the same ball, right? Makes like, it easier if, to if catch not, the fucking ball, Josh. Right, I get it. But if you're not cheating, you're not trying. Everybody had the same advantage, right? This, the teams were... Right? Am I wrong? We're, like the other team was using the same. You're no, exactly. No, they're you're not. Exactly, you you're are exactly you're absolutely right. wrong. No, you're, you're not. Exactly. You know he's absolutely <laughs> wrong because every team when the when the Patriots are on the field. So let's just say it's in yeah. Foxborough. Patriots on the field. The Patriots are using their footballs. So which is not. This isn't against the rules. So I'll say this. So for example, Tom Brady likes his balls deflated. We all know that. It's been proven. I probably he, would too. He also may like a little bit more of it, like worn down. Joyce, where the laces are, right? Every quarterback has things a little bit differently. So that's where these staffers and their important their relationship is with the quarterbacks to know how they like it. You can polish your ball. You can keep it. So then when the Dolphins, let's say, have the ball, they don't use New England's balls. They use, and they have the stamp. They have the Miami Dolphins logo on it. Every team has their own balls with their own logos on that the offense is used. So the whole quarterback and receivers and running backs all have a feel for these balls. So no, they're not all the same. So, but but, but both teams are using regulations as terms of like what the ball can be inflated to and not deflated to. Yes, yeah, so they're they're absolutely right. So they're they're given it, and then all of a sudden, you know, the staffs like yeah, yeah, the refs and everything they they just pass on through. So it's pretty easy to deflate it, get the balls passed through, then then deflate them during the game, which is the other thing, right? Like there are stories that even like the Pittsburgh Steelers talk about that like teams when they come into Foxborough will lay out fake books with the fake game plans 
they won't, they'll come in and they won't talk about the game plan in the locker rooms and stuff like that. Uh, Mike Tomlins went on to around the same time saying all of a sudden his headset, what he's trying to communicate to the quarterback and the offense and stuff, that it's the Patriots radio broadcast of the game is blaring through his headset. And they come up with all these ridiculous excuses. So yes, to answer your question, yeah, these are, they're, these they're are, still cheating. These are I, I back Craig on this one and uh, it's, it's still proven, but at the end of the day, yeah, this is done. I don't think it necessarily falls on Belichick, but unfortunately, it is going to fall on him, but it's done. Okay, Johnny, I have a question. If it comes to the final game for Miami to win the division and Tua has only been putting up like 100 yards, touchdown a game, are they going to stick with Tua or will they go to Fitzpatrick for that final game to win the division? You stick with two. They're going to – well, I can't. I'm not part of the organization. But for me as a fan, yeah, I would say – I would hope they would stick to two because the reason, like, why two is playing right now is they has, he has to be evaluated at some point, right? He still he, – we, we did – if you guys watched it, he wasn't spectacular. wasn't a fantastic showing. The defense won last, last week's game for sure for him. They rallied around him, which speaks a lot. Right, he's still quick. He's quicker than Fitzpatrick. He can use his legs. So they need to know that we've they they invested in him. And is this going to be a long term investment, or do we need to keep going on for our search for a quarterback? I'm and right good now, everything that is happening is why I'm pumping it and why I'm so excited that yeah, we're we're second in in the division. Isn't I I have no grandeurs of us winning the Super Bowl this year. So whatever is coming, what kind of well, fan are you? Uh, I'm a smart fan, fan and I, and I know that it takes more than just one good piece. We're still a few pieces away. We got, and I know you're going to appreciate this, Ali, and I I I I apologize to you that yeah, I'm happy about Brian Flores. Wasn't excited about it, but yeah, man, great coach. Point is, yeah. So everything that's coming at this just is gravy. We were winning a little bit more than we did last year, but it's still a few pieces away, man. So anyways, you stick with two. Absolutely. You, you know, Fitzpatrick, hopefully he can stick around for another maybe year to keep it going, but I think they stick with two. But anyways, long-winded answer to that. Brian Flores, he seems to be a either an incredible student of Belichick or very brilliant defensively on his own. Like on I would say court. on his own, man. Like – because I, I yeah. that's not to take too much from Belichick. This isn't hating on it right now. It's just if you look at his history of Flores coming in through Boston College, not even get like he he came in through the scouting program with the New England, right? So yeah, Belichick has his hands in it. But like to get this guy moving this quickly, that's up to where he is. That's where I say it's more him than just just Belichick. Do you know what I mean? Because I would say. Josh McDaniels is Belichick's boy, and look what ha- look what Josh McDaniels he can't carry a team. Matt Patricia can't carry a team, right? Like you know, right? Like yeah. so, yeah. So I I would say it's a little. There is part of Belichick in there, but I'm gonna go say on his own because. And then it goes back to our episode yeah. one. We could we could go off on a little bit of a conversation here about coaching, right? Because Flores is a relatable coach, right? He's a good X and O guy, but he's relatable. He knows like. You know, guys will – all these guys are rallying around him. Because let's face it, like the Dolphins, when you look at the roster, isn't spectacular. We don't have many spectacular names. We, you know, like Byron Jones of the defense, that's, that was the biggest offseason splash we made this, this year. Well, they made, sorry, which is great. But, yeah, another long-winded answer mm-hmm. about my Miami Dolphins. 
who, contrary to what my dear, beloved older brother may think, is still a relevant team in the AFC, just as I think that his Chicago Bears is just as relevant in the NFC, and I wish his Chicago Bears well. That's a great segue into the Chicago Bears. I'd love to talk about them. So they have this fellow, Mitchell Trubisky. They drafted him ahead of Patrick Mahomes, if you can believe it. Trubisky ahead of Mahomes. And I, you know, I follow the Patriots, so there's whiffs on the draft. So I'm not being too hard on Chicago here. But so now, so, so they have Trubisky. Now this year they go to Foles. And Foles slayed the Patriots in Super Bowl 53, I think it was. Um, I would go with Foles over Trubisky. I just want to hear your thoughts, Chris, as a Bears fan. What do you think about the team? What do you think about Matt Nagy as the coach? What do you think of his decision-making? Are you still with him? Being a long-suffering Chicago sports fan is is interesting. Um, so there's there's a lot of ups and downs with it, and especially with with the Bears. I do really like Matt Nagy. I um, I think that he's brought a cohesiveness to this locker room that um, that allows them to win games. They they aren't putting up points. They aren't uh, they aren't putting up blowout games, but they've got like a pretty decent friggin' record coming into this season. Now the question, Nick Foles over Mitch Trubisky, Mitch Trubisky really came out strong in his rookie season. And then there started to be some cracks. And part of that comes with the weight of a younger guy having to carry, uh, carry a team that is expected to do so well, a team that, is trying to push their offense more than what they've been defensively. Uh, Nick Foles comes in and we all know BDN shows up and people expect great things. But the thing is, is that Nick Foles is a wait and see guy. Nick Foles is a guy you bring in at the end of the season. Who's going to keep going because he's fresh because he's got a great arm. He can make those decisions. But what I really didn't like, and I've said this before, I said this before in this podcast. I don't like do you think he's, what do you Nick think he's Foles right, did though, in calling him Matt Nagy and, being asked and saying that he's the one on the field making the decisions. That just is not something you play with, and it's not something you play with when you're an, an, an NFL coach or you're an NFL quarterback. No. No, I, I, I don't think he's right because that's – that's the that's the job. You know what I mean? Your job is you're the quarterback. And, like, look at the rules they're playing with this year. Like, this, like, oh, don't touch the quarterback. Like, quarterbacks aren't the target as they have been in the past because of COVID, because of this, because of that. These are the rules that people wanted. So Nick Foles had time to make those plays. Nick Foles could have done those things. And I really hope that Mitch is sitting there right now and just praying he's paid enough attention that he's not going to, that he's learned his lesson and that he goes to Mrs. Hallis and he does everything that he has to do to not get traded. I thought he would have gone to Dallas. Well, see, yeah, it's hard to trade. Need of a quarterback, that's for sure. Dak, 
you know, just finally, finally hits his stride, finally hits his stride, and then this happens to him. I don't know. Yeah. And I and I finally, you know, passed him off to you, Chris, for our fantasy league just in time. Yeah. So we got any updates on fantasy friends? I know our listeners love this segment. I sold my soul for two weeks of pleasure to be fucked by Devontae Adams and Mahomes. Yeah, okay. So so yeah, I think as you guys both brought that up because I guess I, I saw something different. Like, you know, I will, I, as you know, I'll argue this. Yeah, Devontae Adams, but I'll say this. So he's not the best receiver in the league. He is the best receiver. He's not. If you look at the numbers in the rank, and this is no, this is no like shade on Devontae Adams because, ah, man, I would love to have him on my team. I think he's a great, but he's not the best receiver in the league. That's the thing. He's, okay. It's, he's it's underrated. Tough, it's he's extremely underrated, but. Sure. I mean, this is what I don't understand. People are praising, people are praising him, but wasn't uh, um, didn't they didn't they weren't they winning without him when he was injured? Like they were doing fun stuff, right? Oh well, yeah, because Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. yeah so um, Devonte Adams is going under the radar. That's what I'm saying. He's underrated, but that still doesn't make him the best which receiver. Which is crazy to say now. Right? Yeah. Again, if you look at yeah. even if you look at right now, if you to pull it up right now into into the fantasy and what even you know, ESPN ranks him as, he's not. Mahomes, sure. Let's talk about Aaron Rodgers. Let, let, let's talk about the fact that everyone thought that this guy was going to tank this year, that this was going to be his last year. And he pulls out that game last night, albeit against the 49ers team that is, you know, basically their practice squad. Like, you know, if I could have afforded a ticket down there, I would have walked on last night onto that 49ers squad. Like, they were hurting for players. Um, yeah, but, you know, if, uh, like, Aaron Rodgers needs a better – Aaron Rodgers needs a better team around him. We all know this. If Aaron Rodgers has the team that uh, that Tom Brady has, of, of course, he if, if, if he's got those targets that Tom Brady's got right now in Tampa Bay, he's going to walk through the Super Bowl. I really feel compelled to say this, that Tom Brady has all the weapons he would ever want this season. And I know you guys will call me a homer for this, but he, he had Randy Moss, he had Wes Welker, he had Rob Gronkowski, he had Aaron Hernandez, you know, and, and, and then he's Julian Edelman, so he's had some great receivers. But I would say he didn't have offensively this incredible uh, – cast of weapons to throw to and he finally has it in tampa at age 43 and it's just interesting to me i think aaron Rodgers has way more weapons with the packers than tom brady would have had with the patriots for many years and tom brady kept winning that's also because of belichick and his defensive genius that's all i'll say all right um i i just think you should be careful talking about hernandez and saying things like weapons like and that guy kill a bunch of people? <laughs> That's too soon, Josh. Okay, we're going to... Too soon. Let's, let's go to a different segment. <laughs> killed a bunch of people. That was our NFL segment. <laughs> Maybe we, we, we should didn't even get it. to Andy Dalton, though. Well, hold on. Come yeah, on. I, I did, And we didn't really talk about the fantasy. So let me just quickly talk about... I'll, like, a recap of what okay. I... How I see ours, our fantasy league shake up. Dude, your team is so good. <laughs> no, well, I was going to bring up that this week is a is a is going to be a, 
a big week for me and Hope because I'm a, I'm one game above him now. So if Hope beats me, then we're tied again, right? The other division. Who had Aaron Jones at the beginning of the year and forgot to save him as a pick? This guy. Well, see, it goes back to the Packers. Like, so Aaron Jones came back. So I put him in my flex because with an Aaron Jones as a running back, you got to play him, right? So he did decent. He only got me 12. Craig did. No, no. Oh, yeah. Some, oh, you did. Oh, yeah, yeah. And so Craig, you traded. Point is, is like, so it's going to be a, it's going to be a tight week because, you know, and then you got like a, what is it, two way tie in your division, Josh? You got Phil leading the way. So Phil's going to. Not for long. And you and Rob and. Yeah, Phil's going to probably – I'm kind of in a weird spot. I don't know if you guys noticed. Because I don't have a good team, but I'm in first place second, or, or second, second place. Because Phil's got McCaffrey. Yeah. The Panthers have activated Christian McCaffrey for this weekend. And Phil has – I tried to get Christian McCaffrey. So did I. Yeah. And, he, yeah. and he wanted Julio. And at the time, before I got DeAndre, I was not willing to give up Julio. I would have made that trade. Uh, looking back, team. absolutely, I would agree. I should have. I offered him Ezekiel Elliott. Should have. But anyway, so it's going to be a tight one. And we got what? Like after this, we got like three so, or four more weeks. So this is, I just read this. So I just want to get people's thoughts. I don't know who said this. Somebody said that they believe Alvin Kamara is greater than Marshall Falk. Oof. I, I do not agree. You don't know who those people are. <laughs> oh, Marshall Falk was a god, my friend. Are you going to expand on that? I'd like you to expand a bit more on that. I just fucking remember him with the with the Rams, just fucking touchdown after touchdown after like busting through holes. Oh yeah, you're 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 absolutely right. That's the thing. Like it's is this goes back to even earlier. I, I always I, I I hesitate in these conversations because it goes back to like what we talked even first episode there, you know, and I went on about like Kobe. And Jordan stuff like that. It's it's again it's it's a different time, right? Like when Marshall Falk, you, you just nailed it there. Like he was having touchdowns because he was playing for the Rams, St. Louis Rams, and that was, you know, you had Kurt Warren and thank uh, um, on the receivers. That was the greatest show on turf. Isaac Bruce, thank you. And they called yeah. them the greatest show on turf, right? And Marshall Falk was like Corey Holt, yeah, absolutely, right. So then you got Camara, which I'm a big fan of. But I would, I'm curious to receive some more and see what they're comparing because Camara, Camara is receiving. I would say I'd probably put him ahead of Falk. But overall, right now, like Camara is still young, so I would wait to see at the end of his career and see what the number is because Falk's a Hall of Famer. So I'm I'm gonna go with Hove on this one as much as I love Camara. But right now, I I'm going with Hall of Famer Marshall Falk. That's well, like the, the the guy who's saying this is the is the coach, right? So we, we got like Bruce Arians. He's the guy who's saying that, you know, he's more scarier than Marshall right. Falk. It's, so it's like, Bruce you know, he's he's just building up his guy, and he's able to be able to throw in. Well, I also coached Falk, so I can say this, and you know, he he's coming into a weekend where, you know, what like who who are they playing? They're playing the Saints this weekend. Tampa Bay. Tampa yeah. Bay, game two of the season. So you know he, it's it's a it's a big game. deal. You, you you got Drew Brees versus you know Tom Brady, two old timers hitting it out there, and you know so he he's he's got to say stuff like this to to build his team up. I don't think there's much merit in it other than just a coach saying like, oh, he's scarier than whatever. It's the same thing as Belichick turning around and like you know praising. Uh, 
Killer yeah. Cam. Yeah, Killer but Cam. sorry, I, I, maybe I missed something. Chris, like you know, like Bruce Aarons is he doesn't coach Camara, right? I did not know this. Yeah, sorry, Camara's on the Saints, and Aarons are the Buccaneers, oh, right? right? So I'm agreeing with you what you're saying because you're on the right track. Except other than saying, I see it as a mind game. But he's he's coaching he's against coaching them against them. So I'm so just saying I'm just reverse and saying that that's more of like a mind game. Like you know, oh, well, Camara, like you know. Same thing. You're not showing all your cards. Oh, yeah, he's fucking with them. Exactly. Yeah, he's fucking with them and, sure. you know, and that's and so that that's where I, I see it. That's all. Sorry, not that I didn't want to call you out on that one. So I'll go back and say, like, you know, what this comes down to Bruce Aaron's just fucking with him. You know, he's he's the opposing coach, and and this is this is what he's trying to do. You know, comes down to coaching, boys. Yeah. Well, I mean, anytime you look at it, at like Marshall fought, like he's he's done it. He's, his career is done. It's over. So, like, and, you know, Kamara's still in his career. So, it, that's not a fair comparison at all. It's just somebody, you know, it's somebody trying to get a rise out of somebody. It's someone trying to create some, um, you know, again, we're getting back to coaching styles. Ooh, but, yeah, it could just be something just messing ooh. with. I agree it's with like you. someone saying Jeff Carter is as great you as Luke Robitaille. can't say that. Wow. Or Ovi wow. is as good, if not better, than Gretz. Which uh, I, I'm, there is no way, there is no way I'm going to say that. Or Jeff so what, Carter is as I, good I as that a This is a great segue into the NHL. Okay, here we go. So the NHL, let's talk about it. Okay, this is I, I, I told you guys we might talk about this, but I maybe didn't, I didn't give you much information. So this is just trying to get COVID raw uh, insight. NHL. 2021 season. Uh, do you know what time they're going to start? It's uh, January, maybe. No, see, maybe this. This is the thing. Maybe. There, there's a push on the. Yeah, there's a push on the NHL right now because the NBA has announced that they're opening up on December 22nd, but the NHL still hasn't said anything. There, there's a lot of problems with opening up the NHL over cross-border traffic. Um, we don't know what things are going to look right. like. Uh, and the right. Canadian division, as much as it's a really great idea, we're, we're running into time zones. And that's going to really mess stuff up. Like if, if you're, so if, assume, if you're yeah. in Vancouver and you're the, you're the senators and you got to play in Vancouver and then you got to come back to Toronto to play Toronto. And then you got to go to Calgary to play Calgary. You know, you're all over the map. Yeah. But I, I do think it's going to bring up, yeah, that's right. Yeah. The time zones are a huge thing, but what it's going to force the league to do is something I think they should have been doing a long time ago. It's just to make less games. Let's jump in. This is, this is a good time to, to ask you guys direct questions. Okay. Yeah, Direct questions. Here so, we go. Here, here's, here's a direct question. So we've got the Atlantic division. We've got the metropolitan division in the east we've got the central division we've got the pacific division in the west let's assume that that's how it will look in 2021 i just want to hear who you guys think will win each division and then i want to hear who you think will win the stanley cup the central division winner that i would pick is going to also be the same winner as i think that would win the stanley cup okay and that's colorado okay uh, i think the colorado avalanche are I think Joe Sackick's done a good job. I also think they're in a good spot where they still have some salary cap. So 
wherever the trade deadline falls, depending on how their season goes and, and, and what happens, they can pick up some pieces that they might need just before that playoff. Um, which I think is, I think they're set to be the perfect, um, they're in a, a good situation to, to, all right, let's jump to the Pacific division. Who's your, who's your winner? Uh, the Los Angeles Kings. <laughs> That's okay. Atlantic, Atlantic division. Who's your winner? Uh, Atlantic. Uh, yeah, that's a tough one. I don't know. Uh, Tampa Bay. Um, yeah, I think Tampa could get it done again. I still, still feel good about them, but I really like Philly. I still think the Philadelphia they're Flyers. They're not in the Atlantic division. Oh, so. they're, they're in the Metro. Oh, they're not. They're, yeah. they're sorry. They're, yeah, that's right. Never mind. Uh, yeah, so I'll go Tampa Bay. Okay. And is that your Metro winner, Philly? Philly, I, I like the look of Philadelphia. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Jesse, let's yeah. go to you. Yeah. What do you think for Philly looks, starting the oh, West? West. Central division. West. Okay. Central. Uh, yeah. Colorado looks good. Gail McCarr, another year under his belt. That uh, that guy's got a Norris coming. Uh, moving on. I don't know, man. It's pretty wide open. Maybe uh, it's not going to be my Flames. I would love it to be my Flames. Probably Vegas. Probably Vegas again. And then in the East. Uh, Atlantic, Tampa Bay, because they're a fucking all-star team. It's bullshit, and yeah, probably Philly. Carter Hart looks good. Good goaltending is key. Did you pick exactly what Josh picked, except for the Vegas? Well, the Knights? fucking Kings. What? What's that going to be? Right? Fucking shit team. Uh, who's your Stanley Cup winner? Ooh, uh, let's go with. Uh, I would love it to be Colorado. Uh, yeah, let's go Colorado. So, just like Josh. All right. You pick Colorado? Chris, who's your, uh, who's your West? Let's go uh, Pacific Division. Uh, Oilers. I think, that, uh, I, think that, I think that the Oilers will take Vegas this year. Vegas' golden run wow. is about to end. Um, wow. Yeah. Uh, what about Central? Colorado. And East. Uh, Atlantic. I, I, I'm going to say Boston. Okay. And Metro. I don't know. I, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go with the Capitals. Okay. John Western conference, central Western conference, central division. Um, you know what? I'm going to go with, uh, I'm going to go with the Dallas stars. That's hey. a solid pick. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Dallas there Stars on that one. Yeah. Great pick. They're Great not pick. going home, I heard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Pacific, Pacific Division. Pacific Division. Oh, man. I think this is this one will blow it up. And uh, I'm going with the Sharks. Uh, it's coming right in. Eastern like Conference, it. Atlantic Division. Oh, it's hard because, you know. My my heart wants to say Toronto just because of Joe Thornton, and uh, oh, you know what? So I'm, I'm going to go with it because I think he's man. I, I, I just I think he's going to bring it back, and he's probably he's the beast he's, they were missing. He's Hall of Fame like first ballot like guy. So I'll go with the Leafs on the Atlantic. Why not? And Met- Metro Metro division. division. You know what? I'm I'm going to be tied because. For some reason, as I'm a, I'm not a big hockey guy, I, I've always liked the Islanders. 
I think they're old school. Ooh. And I kind of like the Bullies of Broadway. Wasn't that the Philly, the Flyers? Weren't they called that or whatever? Not Broadway, but Broad, Broad, Broad Street, Street, Broad, Broad Street, Street Bullies. Yeah, so yeah. I'm going to go with, uh, I'm going to go with Philly. I'm going to pick the Flyers on this one. Okay, and your Stanley Cup winner, and then I'll go to you, My Chris. Stanley Cup winner um, Cup. out of those four teams that I said, uh, I'm going to go with Jumbo Joe. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to ride the with uh, Jumbo All Joe. Right. He didn't even say a team. Bring, bringing that cup up base. Chris then would be, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I'm going to – and oh, I, oh, I didn't make it to the Toronto Raptors oh, one imagine? because I, I just did not want to get shot. But I will come. Beautiful. You're not. I'm going to go with the Maple Leafs one, and I'm going to make <laughs> sure that I take a selfie with Mr. Joe Thornton, and I will be sending it to Josh McClement, and I will tell him this guy wants to talk shit to you. I just. Oh, I'm going to quick, ahead, really, really quickly. Uh, Alex McLeod at the parade. This is what he sounded like. Kawhi. <laughs> <laughs> I am not kidding you. It was great. I thought it was Chanel behind me. It was Alex McLeod. And let's go to uh, Chris. Who's your Stanley Cup winner? Colorado. That was awesome. Yeah, the the okay. Colorado Avalanche. Uh, I would love to see the Boston Bruins win in honor of Gord Downey. No, no matter what year the Boston Bruins win the Stanley Cup, I will say it is in honor of Gord Downey. But not this year, fellas. I am pretty sure it's Colorado Avalanche. Can I j- – oh, yeah, I'll wait till you done. No, I'm probably pro- – people that hear this are probably going to hate me, but I don't understand what – Gord Downey? Oh, there, yeah, I, yeah, no, sorry. Just G- Gord Downey was a big uh, Boston Bruins fan. Did not know that. Didn't see that coming. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. Um, I'm going to go with Western Conference Central, Central Division. I'm going with – the Montreal Canadiens. I'm going oh, scratching the mustache. St. Louis, St. Louis Blues. In the Pacific Louis Division. Blues? Oh, okay. In the Pacific Division, I'm going with the Vancouver Canucks. Ooh, why the Canucks? Uh, they've got they've got good young players. Hughes, okay. got lots of faith in Hughes. In the Atlantic Division, I'm going with. How about Ottawa? Like, do you guys think they're actually made some changes, or are they going to suck yeah, again? They're trend. They're trending in the, the right owner, direction. Isn't the whole but, problem one of the things people blame is like that the owner for the Senators or something is he like trash? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, he's a piece of shit. We won't name him. Um, and they got some okay, pieces. So I Atlantic, want to see how they're going to do. In the Atlantic, it's going to be the Maple Leafs. Jumbo Joe. Jumbo Joe. In the Metro, oh, it's going to be goodness over Tampa Bay. Metro, it's going to be. It's going to be. This is like guys, guys. I, 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 Pittsburgh. Oh, wow. man. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, you got to go with your guys. This is something really important. Maritime boy. I think when it comes to hockey, Alex is actually objective about the sport. <laughs> he, he, he picked the Toronto Maple Leafs over his beloved oh. Montreal Canadiens. Yeah, you, you know what? I. When your team I'm is glad, the Montreal, I'm glad you brought Canadian that up, Chris, because right? Alex tends to cheer for teams with like you know all star players, like big name players, right? Like, oh yeah, yeah. There's, yeah. Right? there's not a bandwagon that Alex McLeod has let pass him by. <laughs> Let's just say that. So, if you took Alex. Tom Brady, Kawhi Leonard, 
and Carey Price, and you made them play basketball, do you think there's a team or a trio that could beat those three in basketball? If Mookie Betts is on that team. <laughs> sorry. I thought you were, yeah. I honestly, sorry, Josh, I honestly thought you were about to do a whole merry date. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was, no, I took it in a different direction. Yeah, Alex. But that's even a better, that's a better question. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then I, Mary Date Kill, then, Kawhi, yeah, Alex Cora, Kawhi, and Bill Belichick. <laughs> yeah. We digress, and I'm going to pick my Stanley Cup winner. Um, I guess it didn't have to be, you know, the necessarily the, the division winners, right, guys? But we went with that, so I'll keep it to those four. Um, no, no. If if you have a dark horse that you think could win the Stanley Cup that you didn't pick okay. as the winner, now's the time. That's, now's this the is time to claim it. Yeah. yeah, like now's the time, Montreal. Let's do it. Tyler Toffoli, he's going to do it for so, you. He's the guy. The twenty twenty one, the twenty twenty one Stanley field. Cup champions, Detroit Red Wings, Calgary Flames, Detroit Red Wings are going to be <laughs> Florida Panthers, Golden Knights. Go with the Knights, Kraken. Are they in the league? Yet? Do they start this year? Actually, I don't know what's going on. Oh, I'm having I'm having a really tough know. time with this. Uh, but I'm not. going with the Winnipeg Jets. I'm going with the Colorado <laughs> Colorado Avalanche. That took it took you that long to go with like the oh. heavy favorite. <laughs> what a risky pick! That's like me picking yeah, the Dodgers. Yeah, but seven that's now. Uh, I'm being objective, guys. So there we go. Okay, so no, we like we, like we handled the NHL. Um, Let's go. Let's talk a little baseball, and then we'll go to uh, a couple of our game shows to end. So, baseball. There's a rumor that Trevor Bauer might come to the Toronto Blue Jays. There's also a rumor, just whispers, maybe Francisco Lindor. How would that shake up the infield? Um, you've got Kevin Biggio at second. You've got Dante Bichette's son. What's his first name? Bo. Bo. At shortstop, you've got Vladdy claiming he wants to be at third base this season. Down 32 pounds, baby. So so what do we think with Bauer and maybe Lindor to the Jays? Do you like it? What would that do to the lineup and the defensive alignment? Would they pay for them both? That's the thing. The, the, the Jays, Rogers, have you ever sat on hold with Rogers customer service? Okay, yes. Yeah. Yes. Rogers, oh, Rogers is not going to be bell, paying the, 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 the salary for Trevor Bauer. A. B. Francisco Lindor, it's not as big of a problem as you're going to think because Bobachette will move aside for the right person. However, it, Francisco Lindor doesn't fit into what this team needs or what this team wants. Uh, Trevor Bauer fits in, but th- that price tag is going to be way too high, and he's not going to want to play for someone who's not a contender. Trevor Bauer is going to end up going to either like the Cubs or the Mets and the Mets with this new owner, they are going to pay the money for Trevor Bauer. You heard it here. Trevor Bauer to the Mets, not the Jays. Uh, other than the fact that, the, that there's the relationship between the Jays front office and Trevor Bauer going back from their Cleveland days and Francisco Lindor and his you know, ties to the Toronto front office. That's about it. Like Toronto won't afford the price tag of either one of those things. Lindor is not going to fit into Toronto's uh, plan for their infield. 
Trevor Bauer is not the pitcher. Trevor Bauer is going to the New York Mets. You can mark my words. I believe in you, Jays. You can do it. I know he has opinions, and that hurts your feelings, but pick him up. Let's do it. Vladimir Guerrero Jr., as Hove has said, allegedly has dropped 32 pounds. Allegedly? Yeah. No, he has. I've seen the photo. Oh, so it's confirmed. He is he going to play third yes. base? Oh, yeah. Yep. Is he going to be remotely close to what his father was? I don't know. 280, 30 home runs next year. That's my, that's my prediction. I think that – That's good. And no one's really saying this, but I, I think that uh, Vladdy was a little bit embarrassed of what he got flack from uh, the local media this, this past year. Uh, even like, you know, even the team busted ranks and kind of called him out on it. You know, it, it's one thing if you are a all-star pitcher to continually gain weight and, you know, but that, that that's it. You, you, you can't, you can't be trying to bat and not make it to first base. Yeah, you can't be playing first base and not be able to. I, I mean, I- you know? At least he's being honest about it, right? I like that he's at least he's not uh, denying it. He's not, you know, he's taking responsibility. That's a good. That's a good first step. This is an excellent segment into basically our big topic here, guys: extreme talent versus extreme work ethic. So let's talk about athletes across the board. Some athletes that you know who might have both but chances are most have one fall into one camp or the other, just incredible talent. And the most frustrating would be those incredible talent, not great work ethic. Um, something admirable would be those with, with remarkable work ethic and not much talent. Um, I'll just throw it open. Any athletes that come to mind? I just want to be the first to say, Phil Kessel, I think he just has a bad thyroid. He works hard in the off season. He's, you know, he naturally he's got a little chub, but he's quick. He's got a great wrist shot. Back off, Jesse. He's nat- Jesse. He's naturally he eats, a little ugly. He eats cookies and hot dogs, like, and he and cheese, publicizes and that before the game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, his his he can work on his diet. I'll I'll, I'll give you. He, he, me and me and Phil both need to start working on our diet. Wayne Gretzky said Phil Kessel had the best wrist shot that he's ever seen so ever uh, i'm just getting kind of sick of people knocking hot dogs really they are a fantastic (laughs) food i ate them almost every day and i am totally fine oh yeah so uh if if you say raw talent and work ethic there's a couple names that come to mind for me right away and maybe because of my age i don't know bo jackson Work ethic, like crazy, raw talent, just could play basically anything he put his mind to. But if we talk about baseball, we talk about, uh, we're talking about Vladdy. This brings me to Ka- uh, Kevin Biggio, who has the raw talent, but he also has the work ethic. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. has been like riding on the fact that he can just sock dingers his whole time, but now he's confronted with three other guys on his team who came up the same time as he did, but they're just working harder to be major leaguers. They're working harder to be on this team. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is seeing that and is now having to match them. It, it's like, um, 
you know, if, if you go into any situation where you're moderately good at it and you just are used to coasting and then someone comes in who's like maybe not as good as you, but they're just shining more than you are, you're either going to hate them or you're going to try and like be better than them. You know? Yeah. Speaking of that, I was actually talking about a similar type of, well, talking about genetics versus like environmental factors when it comes to professional athletes. And is, is it all work ethic and genetics? But then you also get these stories of like players like uh, Martin St. Louis who come in, who kind of beat the odds against what, what people are looking for strictly from just, you know, working at their, their sport and just coming in and, yeah. and every day showing up. But, um, yeah, I think like, it's weird, like to make the NHL, to make these things, obviously none of us know cause none of us are professional athletes. I think I probably would be the closest one. Um, a lot of us just, I disagree. <laughs> okay. But like, I, everybody know Allie's the closest to fucking being a professional. What? Athlete. The rest of us. Uh, yeah. I hope that's you know the what, nicest Allie, thing anyone said to me all week. Well, give you, you are, you are fit and you are strong for your weight. But let's look at it like just because it's fresh in my mind because I'm NHL hockey. Uh, Tyler Sagan, he almost didn't make the league because he he didn't hit puberty at the right time. Like he was just a little – and then a one summer he just like shot up and was able to make the draft and entered into the league. It was like is now he's one of the top names. So uh, – but no, I think I think part of it is genetics, but then there's also the, the work ethic. I think they got to work together. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm done. Okay, so let's get back to the matter at hand here. We're talking about extreme talent versus extreme work ethic. You got an athlete? Anybody got athletes you're thinking about who – okay, I've got one. Let me – Alexi Kovalev. You say Kovalev. Tom Brady. We're, Alexi oh, Kovalev, okay? Yeah. Could have went with Lynch. Yeah. Lynch Incredible. The work ethic. You think, you think he didn't – I'm think he not didn't saying train? that. I think he didn't have great work ethic, so maybe he trained, but – this also goes right to the ice, like when you're playing the game. I have this vivid memory of Montreal in the playoffs against the Boston Bruins. And but is it Glenn Murray with oh, the Bruins yeah. who's on a – like a, looks like a breakaway? And, uh, and Kovalev's the only guy who can catch him? And Kovalev – no, no, I'm really messing it up. Kovalev has the puck and, Murray, and, and Glenn yes, Murray uh, slashes him, yeah. but it's not that hard. Taps the, yeah, taps them, taps and Kovalev falls down taps. like he just got like someone just soccered like a, him, like a basketball player. He starts shaking his hand, starts shaking. And Glenn his Murray hand takes like the puck and goes down, and I think scores on maybe a rookie Carey Price or something to win the series. And yeah, yeah, very telling That's, of Carey under pressure. Very either. telling of Alexei Kovalev. Just unbelievable talent, but work. But something the about something the about the work ethic guy. wasn't. I, there. I'm going to say Willie Nylander. Oh, Willie! You're going to pick on my boy Willie. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm going to say Willie Nylander, someone with a lot of talent with a really poor work ethic. You know? think that's his problem? When when listen, when you have a face like that, what do you what are you going to do? All right, right? Like, it's just so pretty. Okay, John, what do you th- what do you think? So, outside of hockey, the first one honestly that comes to my mind when I start really thinking about it was uh, Antoine Walker of the Boston Celtics. Employee number eight, he was called. That guy was good. 
but he just didn't put it through. Yeah, he won. He won the championship with the Heat, but you know, spare parts there, just jumping on the bench, making depth. So he's one that just comes to my mind first one. Then you know, there's there's list. But for the sake of this, I would say Antoine Walker. The guy, the kid was good. He came in, guy was good. Um, but I feel if he worked just half of that, like, yeah. John, do you think my vertical might be comparable to Antoine Walker? Oh, yeah. No, yeah, that guy was because I was even started thinking like Good even job. like because when we were talking earlier on host time like the heavy guys like there's all like by then like Oliver Miller right like when he came out with the Raptor like when he got that guy was like well tons of fun there so yeah I'd say because Antoine Walker he just he had that nice Jimmy shuffle and he could shoot sure but yeah and I know there's going to be a lot of haters out there. And that's going to say uh, Paul Pierce might be ranked up in there. I've heard people talk about that. And to me, that's just debatable. He's, you know, with the Celtics, though, like I, 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 like I do too, Paul but Pierce. I can see it's yeah. like, you know, maybe if he put it a little bit more in, that's all. Like arguing that he didn't yeah. work yeah. as hard as, yeah. say, Kobe. Right. And then, you know, because let's face it, in my mind, yeah, Paul Pierce is, I love Paul Pierce, but that OA championship was. Paul KG and Ray Allen. Speaking of the OA championship, Graham, the brothers Graham, uh, I watched the Doc Rivers episode you told good, me to eh? watch. That was yeah. really good. Yeah. That was yeah. the uh, the term um, Ubuntu. Yep. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Looking up, folks. Chris, did you bring up Bo Jackson? Is that your, your guy for like work ethic and stuff? Well, whenever I think of whenever I think of raw talent and work ethic, I, I think of Bo Jackson. For some reason, he he, he just like he just brings both of those into play for me. Do you think they'll ever be? But yeah, but do you think they'll ever be another Bo Jackson, someone that could play like multiple Patrick sports? Mahomes. Um, Russell, what Russell Wilson, play? both can play baseball. Or can see, they play, see, play but, baseball? But, but, Kyler, what, what, Kyler we're, about, well, we're going from baseball. But to we're, we're talking about we're talking about pitchers and like quarterbacks, and and, and that's a, like a well documented thing. Like you know, Dan Marino, like all those guys that they were all fantastic college pitchers that's as true. well. That's true. If, it, but we're we're talking about position players to be able to play positions in multiple leagues. That. Like no, no one's doing that anymore. You no, know, no, I, yeah, not that. That's right. No one can do it, and I, I agree with Bo Jackson. You're absolutely right, Chris. Because we're talking, Deion Sanders. He set the title. He set the. He's better. Why is that? Is that because everything is so specialized in 2020? So if you're going to be a certain an athlete at a a professional athlete in a certain sport, you know, right down to what you're going to eat in the next three hours is already picked for you. Is that? Is that part of the reason why we don't see these athletes cross these borders? Into other well, Bo is kind of a freak too, though, right? Like, there's not too many Bo Jacksons. But then you, you got a lot of guys that are talking, like, you know, and this goes, we could talk about LeBron, right? Like, you know, LeBron's playing basketball, but, you know, there's conversations yeah. that he could play in the NFL. You have Julius sure. Peppers, defensive end for the Packers, Carolina, right? He played, he played for the Tar Heels, right? Like, there's, so there's, so that's college. So there's a lot of, there's a Jimmy Graham. Jim Graham tied in. He played college yeah. ball, right? So, you know, basketball and football, maybe, right? But they're usually played within the same season. So that, that wouldn't be a difference. So now we're looking at Tony Gonzalez. Gonzalez. Yeah, he was. Absolutely, player. right? Like, yeah. that was his first. He's he, That's his first love. But if you're talking about, like, I don't think it can happen because baseball and football are the only two sports that don't 100% coincide together during the regular season. 
That's... Also, it also depends on what you want to call a sport. Like a lot of those wide receivers in the NFL could possibly at least compete to get in the Olympics and the hundred meter and 200 meter, right? Like they're, they're all track athletes in high school too. But I think you're right, Alex. I think you're onto something. That that comes back to their amateur status, though. Right. Like the the, the exception is made for the team sports, but uh, but when it comes to the individual sports, the amateur status is really plays in there. And then it's on contracts, the contract space, right? Like I, I yeah. was watching this thing. I was watching Hard Knocks, and Jared Goff was talking about how he at his property is going to put in the basketball court. Right. But he decided to put in a putting green, a, it's a little elevation that he can like chip on into it because risk of injury for playing basketball. Right. And we, we've heard of stories of athletes getting in the off season, just, you know, so I think, I think you're onto something out. I think it's more specialized because it's contract and stuff. And then, you know, they weigh out what's the best, best risk, right? Like basketball player is, you know, it's, it's hard to make a professional team. But let's just say for this argument, basketball players are looking at how I played college basketball, I played college football, you know, probably have a better chance with my size to make an NFL roster. I can make more money than bouncing around in football. Nate okay. Robinson, right? Was, for basketball. He went with basketball because he, he was probably get drafted higher and make more money. And here's another question. Are we talking about like at the same time or are we talking about later on down the road? Because Steph Curry, if he puts in some practice after retirement – uh, on the golf course, he might become a pretty, pretty decent golfer. Let me, let me say this. I think the PGA tour. So like to just say you want to, I think people just might have this bias that, you know, cause everybody kind of plays golf on the weekend and enjoys golf. They are way better than you think they are. And I would say that to just say, Oh, you know, Steph Curry is good. If he just would put in the time, I don't know if he'd necessarily be a PGA, PGA tour professional. I just, I think you're under valuing how good the guys are. The golfers are. That, I mean, that might be fair with how the game's going with Bryson DeChambeau and these guys just driving it like 350 yards. But I don't know. Steph Curry's one of those special people with that hand eye. If his, if his, I know I've heard he's got eye issues and he's going to have, uh, you know, problems later on. Maybe that'll, hold him back but he's he's special man okay guys we're going to do our game shows to finish here so uh we're gonna talk about the donta hightower award the most timely play i got one i got one too i'd like to go first a proceed yakeem grant 88 yards for the miami dolphins on a punt return um that to me was, I, I don't know if it was timely, but it was certainly the most exciting play I've seen this whole week. Uh, you know, sorry, what, I think, what, what, sorry who was uh, that again? Uh, Yakeem Grant. Did I say his name? Joaquin Grant. Oh, jeez. Jakeem. Jakeem? That's not right. <laughs> it's pronounced Joaquin <laughs> Phoenix. He's techno. <laughs> uh, yeah, Grant. no, that was, that was impressive. Yeah, Jakeem, Jakeem Grant, 88-yard punt return. That set a record, did it not, John? I think it set a record uh, for the Miami Dolphins, at least. Season, um, but... Oh, really? Oh, never mind. Uh, but no, that was exciting. I liked watching that. I like. I think a punt return is one of the, the funnest uh, things to watch in football. Absolutely. That's my pick. There was a lot in that game, just for the record. So that was a good pick. I just think that was the, uh, hey, that was the play that won the, the game. Really. Calm down, Nancy. I'm giving you a compliment. You did good. 
All right. Yeah. So for me, I'm going back to my Miami Dolphins with Emmanuel Ogba take down a Jared Goff, which caused the strip sack stumble with second year Andrew Vanzical Lineberg scooping up the ball and scoring a defensive touchdown. Just like my friend Josh said, a special team kick return is touchdown is fantastic. And seeing these defensive guys score a touchdown off of a sack fumble. Awesome. Like Tua didn't even need to be there, really. I mean, well, I, I could have won that game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's where I'm going. That that's mine. That's uh, that's my pick for this week. All right, my pick is Roger Goodell letting uh, the referees know that Tom Brady needs to make the playoffs, and letting the ref know that that was not pass interference. Thank you, Roger. <laughs> Most timely play. Well played, Roger. Well played. Chris, you got any uh, Donta Hightower? Content. Yeah, Dante Hightower, uh, Dante Hightower, most timely play of the week. Steve Cohen pressing send today on the money transfer for the billions of dollars to buy the New York Mets and immediately fires the entire front office. Most timely play, buying a team that you had a minority share in at one point and then cleaning house. And starting That's gotta feel good, scratch. right? <laughs> yeah. And you know, well, you're right, Chris. I guess yeah. This if this leads to the to them winning a championship down the road, then yeah, that is yeah. you know just cleaning house. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll see what happens. Yeah, I didn't know that. That's crazy. Yeah. First day, first yeah, day is. as official owner, cleans house right away. So so it's like he knew what was going on. He knew what the problems were. Yeah. Gets the team and then just axes everybody. Yeah. See you later. Yeah. This is the, it's it's going to be exciting to watch the New York Mets in the next two years, guys. That team have a lot of money, the Mets? Oh, like, yeah. Are they like one of the higher... Steve, Steve Cohen's bringing with a lot of money with them, so we'll see. So my pick for the Donta Hightower most timely play of the week. Tom Brady. Kerry Price. Cam Newton. Oh, <laughs> he, he ran to the bench pretty quickly. <laughs> I, I'm done. I'm out. I'm out on camp, and it's time for Stidham to get in there, and McDaniel's bring Jared over and just say, just throw the ball. I don't care if you're, you throw fifty percent completion. Just throw it further than nine yards because that's the max that Cam Newton can throw right now. Fair enough. Just, just yeah. is, is it Cam Newton or is it's it just – I don't know. Like, There's been a lot of yeah, criticisms about – He can't throw. His shoulder has – there has to be something medically wrong with him. It looks – it's the worst thing I've ever seen. But shouldn't Belichick be making plays around that, like knowing he well, can't they throw do. those they, long? They, they, yeah, McDaniels, like he calls plays so Cam will use his legs. And Cam still has that. But you're not going to make the playoffs if you keep going in this direction. Um, it's bad. They're 2-5. and five. I mean, Tom couldn't throw the ball that far anyways, right? You he was see just looking what for Tom Gronk, Brady right? does right now? He, he's, he's on the TB12 method. Shout out to Alex Guerrero. Uh, we might get them as a sponsor on this podcast. Does he still have that weird trainer sucking his dick? Is that still a thing he does? We will not be getting <laughs> as a sponsor on this podcast now. <laughs> so thank you for this little journey of ours. Uh, we had a great couple. We had a three-peat. Eh? <laughs> it's, okay. it's not bad. Let's, uh, let's finish the podcast with a little 
start, bench, cut. I'm going to quickly do yeah. an NBA one that you're, you're yeah. going to like, John. Start, bench, cut. Here we go. Larry Bird, Magic oh. Johnson, Michael oh. Jordan. Okay. Jeepers. Oh. Oh, God. Oh, no. This, this is hurting my heart. Like, I can't. Uh, okay. If somebody, yeah, someone else go because I, I can't. I got it. Holy I got crap. it. I am. I'm starting. I'm starting Larry Bird. I'm barch. I'm benching Michael Jordan, and I'm cutting Irvin Magic Johnson. All right, I'll I'll go. I'm going to start Magic Johnson because Michigan, uh, Michigan, uh, man, Michigan State. Yeah. Uh, I'll uh, I'll bench Jordan, and I'll cut. Uh, what's his name? The other guy's Larry name? Bird. Larry Bird. Larry Bird. Oh, go for it, man, because I got to think more. Holy crap. This is killing me. All right. All right. Uh, let's, uh, we're going to start Jordan because he's the greatest of all time. We're going to bench Johnson because he's also very good. And, uh, you know. Al, you got this or you want me to go? Because I think I'm good now. Go ahead, John. Okay. I am going to start Larry Bird. And I'm going to bench Michael Jordan Whoa. and I will be getting rid of Magic Johnson. And I will give this only reason because Magic Johnson, as much as I love Magic Johnson and his ability to see the floor, Larry Bird goes underrated in his assists and his passing. Bird was just as good as seeing that. He was a better shooter. He was a better rebounder. That's, that's, uh, that's it. That's it. I'm sticking I, to it. You know what? I've got sympathy for your pick, John. I, I can't get over how Larry Bird could um, get inside people's heads. Biggest trash talker played. of all time, apparently. And I can't get over how, how what as I just watched plays, I was too young to really watch him, but the hustle that he would have, so the heart. Um, but I, again, the the I'm so objective on episode three; it's incredible. Um, Jordan starts, Magic is benched, and. You guys, hey, Bert, I'm going to end this just as a quick story. There's a ton of stories like, about him being a trash talker. But I watched this clip because the great Red Auerbach used to do these training videos. He did it with Pistol Pete on how to, like, dribble the ball, do bass pounces. So they was doing one with Larry Bird on how to shoot, right? And Bird was talking about you want it off your fingertips. You want it, you know, and it's more of a flick because when you start throwing, he's like, you'll miss. And he, he does it and he nails it. And he's like, well, you know, me. Right, and he left it at that. Uh, that was just fantastic. I recently just saw this clip for the rest. It wasn't something I saw because I was I was pretty young myself. But um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. But you guys hate on Bird. You'll see, man. I, I don't hate Bird. He's just <laughs> I just haven't seen him a lot. I, I also give him, I give him Roy once uh, called Jim Halper. Larry Legend, no. but yeah. he, he didn't mean it. Guys would call talk so. their stories, even like Doc Rivers. I've just read and seen these. They would talk about Bird and how like they would come, they would be doing in the Boston Garden and they'd be doing their shoot, shoot around and they would look up and they would just see Larry Bird just jogging around the, the lower list constantly. And just that would intimidate them. And there's, there's a good story about Doc Rivers and Dominic. So a guy, a guy oh, jogging. Yeah. Yeah, he, he would just be the whole time. The whole time they're running this hour and a half, like just practice. Bird did not stop. He didn't even stop. Just. Tony Twist used to go onto the opponent's team, take his shirt off, and just sit there and stare at them warm up. But Larry Bird jogging around—that's intimidating. Oh, yeah. Come on, come on, come on! I don't even know who Tony Twist is. I, he sounds like you made him up. To be honest with you, 
<laughs> me, uh, a real me and uh, Sammy Spanker here. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we're going to go to baseball. Start, bench, cut. So these are the three. Ken Griffey Jr. Oh, he's good. I like that oh, guy. Hove knows who he is. We're good. Okay. Cal Ripken Jr. <laughs> Yo, Hove has never heard of him. Okay, can't keep going. And? Sandy Koufax. <laughs> Alex Rodriguez. Oh, easy. Start Kenny Griver, get rid of uh, A-Rod, A-Rod, and bench that's, that's Cal so Ripken. Easy. That's where I'm going. Okay, if I, if I didn't say A-Rod. Okay, if I didn't say A-Rod. Just, okay, let me try again. Uh, Ken Griffey Jr., Cal Ripken Jr., and? Roberto Almar. Yeah, are we going shortstops? Go or second base or juniors? No, no, no. Joe Carter. Help me, help me out, Chris. I know who Who's Joe a good Carter third is. for that trio? Uh, Frank Thomas. Don Mattingly, actually. Don Mattingly. Dave Winfield. He's not, he's not on their level. Oh, is there he? we go. Yes. Yes, he was. Don, no. Don Mattingly. No. Yes. Here, Don do you, Mattingly do you want me to a... give you one? Here, I'll give you one. Sammy Sosa. Mark McGuire <laughs> and uh oh, and Single. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay, let's go Babe. with that one. Let's go with that. Well <laughs> What are we going with? What's the what's the pick? McGuire's Give me the names again. Uh I, I'm I'm cutting Jose Canseco because he's an asshole. I'm benching Mark McGuire and who's the first one? Sammy Sosa. Sosa? Oh yes, Sammy Sosa. Sosa. The Cubbies? Yeah, because the Cubs and because of that movie. What, what was that? Uh, rookie, rookie of the year. And they're like, Sammy, 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 Sammy. And he's like, oh, here you guys. Here's my bat. You know what? I'm going to go. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go kind of the opposite, but a little bit the same. I'm going to start McGuire. I'm going to bend Sosa, and I'm going to cut um, Conseco. Just because, you know what? I'm not a baseball guy, but I enjoyed that McGuire-Sosa fake home run thing going. So I'm going with those two. And Maguire won that, right? So Maguire, Maguire won. Get better doctors. Yeah, same deal. Ben Sosa. <laughs> Cut the other guy. I Jose Canseco. Oh, actually, you killed him. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I was going to keep them both. Com- what is he compared to in terms of a hockey player? Who is he? Tony Twist. Tony Twist. Tony Twist. Taking his shirt off. They look the same. Him and Yager oh, look like twins. Apparently, Josh did a lot of research <laughs> okay. on hockey players taking their shirts off. All right. <laughs> He's, yeah. Anyways, hockey. There's nothing wrong with that. It's All right, Josh. Here you yeah, go. I'll start with McGuire, Bench Sosa, and uh, cut Canseco. Valley. Uh, oh, wait. Did anybody do like a lap around, like to try to intimidate the other team? Because I, I really want that guy on. It would be Canseco. That can was jog around. That's. That's the guy that I want. Here's on my, my question. Here's my question. I tend to agree with Chris for some reason. I would go Sosa, start him. Uh, I would. You know what? Start Sosa, bench Canseco. And cut McGuire oh, for me. There you go. Hey, you're listening to that sports. TSB. Isn't some uh, drum going to bang us out now? Or Thank you, Jesse, oh, for yeah. your contribution. <laughs> this is Steve Benjamin's song. Look up Steve Benjamin's. He's good at music. Have I ran from the light?